Oceanic Gaming Radio, that's OGR Ogre for short. Great to have you here on this uh, <laughs> wonderful Wednesday. Bit of alliteration for you, Grizzly. Good to see you, my good friend. How have you been recently, mate? I mean, it's been a little bit hot in here in, in Perth. I hope you've been um, keeping relatively cool. Absolutely cooking. I've been, I've been going really well, Cap. 2022, mate, big things happening in 2022. Nice what's to see the you New Year's Reslo, mate? What's what's, this, uh, what's the number one? I haven't landed anything yet, mate. I don't think. I mean, I, I ship that's a lot. A couple, a couple. I uh, I obviously really enjoy making content, so I'm hoping to grow the OGR podcast as, as much as we can. So working alongside yourself and I'm actually a little bit busy, sorry. Yeah, yeah, me too, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we can fit it in our schedules, right? Surely, surely, yeah. Oh, look, I could probably squeeze you in, mate. Can you redo the chest wax while you're there, Cap? What do you reckon, mate? Oh, absolutely, mate. I'll do that any weekend. You want me to? (laughs) Inflicting immense pain on me all, mate, Grizzly. Love it. Good fun. What about you, mate? Any any New Year's resolutions, Cap? Any New Year's resolutions for you? I actually want to cook more at home. That's going to be my big one, you know? Mm. Cooking more at home. I started a bit of a fitness journey last year. Um, had a yep. couple of weeks off, and I'm really paying for it um, post holidays. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, the big ones for me is definitely going to be, you know, hitting those hitting those goals. You know, chasing those gains. Uh, and I'm also very, very keen to cook a little bit more. Got a little bit lazy towards the end of the year last year. It, a lot of it was kind of me trying to do a bit of calorie counting and stuff like that so we kind of did like the microwavable meals thing which wasn't too bad um uh, but yeah i tell you what like it's really hard man and i find like I, I like how you've got cooking as one of your number ones is i kind of went the opposite way towards the end of the last year and i got on the light and easy which is like the reverse cooking it's like you yeah. get microwave meals but they're kind of health healthy-ish and then they plan your meals yeah. out for you I actually find that found that to be quite good but yeah cook, cooking is a good one man it's so hard to like you need to if you're not planning your meals i feel like you're just going to fall on your face <laughs> before you even get there oh, absolutely but i think it's it's also just like i want to be a little bit more creative with my meals you know what i mean I guess that get get that creativity juice flowing. Okay, talk, so that's going to be me, that's going to be the talk idea. Talk me through one of creative meals then, Cap. Tell, tell me what is a what is a creative meal? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I've got to start that journey first to find that out. <laughs> well, you know, it's just the kind of thing where I want to I want to be like, okay, I know I've got that in the fridge, and I, I you know I've got a couple of those, and if I chuck them together, I can make a tagine or I don't, I don't mm. fucking know like some fancy meal you know and just and just have a little bit of a repertoire going rather than just going oh i'm just going to go down to you know grab some you know basic you know mm. cut of chicken or something and then just chuck that in and do well, a really basic salad. i've got three meals mate so i should probably have the same i just do want to say though that i reckon like the new year in general is such a good kick in the ass to help oh, you sure. to give you a kick in the ass to try to achieve some of the goals that you want to achieve for sure. So I've Absolutely. I've signed myself up to a gym start of the year and I've pretty much overhauled a lot of stuff um in my life to give me a better sleep schedule. And man, I'm feeling like like this is the most fresh that I've felt in probably months. 
just it's amazing, isn't it? The eight hours a night that I'm supposed to supposed to yeah. get. <laughs> no, it's made a really oh, good absolutely. Difference. I think when, since I started, and we'll get into the gaming chat in a second, guys. <laughs> but look, <laughs> I feel like ever since I went full time with my new role and mm. I required more sleep and I started going to bed earlier, um, it, it's just crazy what that's done for me mentally especially like i feel like my mental health has been better than it's been in many years and i attribute that to getting my fitness started watching what i'm eating um and you know just kind of maintaining my sleep schedule and trying to have some kind of sleep hygiene has been really important yep. for me 100 percent, mate 100%. but uh grizzo speaking of uh hmm. hitting some goals i mean it'd be a little bit uh hilarious if we didn't cover potentially maybe the biggest gaming news story i would say maybe even in the last decade i, I think yep. this is fucking huge when i read this mm. this morning my fucking mm. gob was on the floor i couldn't believe what i was reading well um, it's a godsend for us cap because we were going to sit here and talk about cornbread and condoms if this big piece of news yeah. didn't come along well so we still pretty- got that as as a uh, backup topic <laughs> <laughs> but so obviously for those of you unaware um microsoft has recently acquired and is in the process of acquiring activision blizzard king the akb mm. uh conglomerate uh for 70 billion fucking dollars so it, it just billion. it just sounds like you're making that just up like, it. 70 it does, doesn't billion it? dollars is just an outrageous amount of money it is, but I mean, who else has that kind of money? Let's be honest. It's Microsoft, mm. you know. I mean, when when the when it when it when I first read the headline, it it kind of almost didn't seem. It was like, what what fucking alternate reality am I living in? Mm. <laughs> you know so what I just mean? just to um spell it out a little bit for you, so it was actually based. So, so the market cap of Activision Blizzard uh, uh, was fifty eight billion. Um, at the time of the sale, and Microsoft has basically added 69, 69, oh my God, percent on top of that at $95 wow. a share to land on that price. Jesus. So they've done pretty well out of it. They have, I mean, the thing about it is, Cap, and I'm sure we're going to get to this later, but the, the stock price for Activision Blizzard had since 2020 taken a little bit of a, a downward turn. Well, absolutely. So. And, and again, for those of you who aren't aware of what's been happening with Activision Blizzard, just to paint a very short picture of the atrocities that's been going on in that company, essentially upper management and below uh, some really shady shit going down, a lot of um, um, sexual harassment claims being made, claims not being taken seriously, um, all kinds of things like lives being mm. lost as well. Um, so, mm. some pretty hectic shit going on in that company. Um, Physical so, lawsuit as well, isn't there, Cap? I, I believe yeah, they're being the sued piece. by the state of California, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, mm. So, which, and th- this is w- like coming back to the fact that they've been acquired since. Like, obviously, they've had a massive falling out with their share price. Um, you know, they've been under huge amounts of scrutiny for you know good reason um but on top of that like it's hard to believe that anyone would want to pick them up really you know what i mean Mm. and obviously on top of that because of all this scrutiny and stuff they've been they've been under um it's pretty clear that they've kind of delayed a lot of their major titles um to what i would assume would be delay uh, as much as possible uh and make sure that when they release these games maybe the you know the eye of sauron has kind of moved away from their (laughs) kind of you know their general vicinity so they can kind of go and release those without scrutiny further 
question to you, Cap. Do you think Blizzard and Activision have actively <laughs> known about potentially being bought out for a long period of time? I think so, for sure. Which is why there's game delays and other bits and pieces. They just keep I don't know if the acquisition was definitely related to that. It might have been. Um, mm. I think the acquisition, uh, sorry, the delays in games and stuff, I think is most certainly probably a PR thing to try and save a little bit of face and ensure that they release those titles when there's a bit more popularity for the company in general, which, I mean, it's hard to believe that could even happen. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think, um, I mean, personally, I actually was thinking about this this morning. I was thinking, like, of the people who have money that could afford to buy Activision, I think mm. Microsoft's probably the people I could perceive as me wanting them to own it, if that makes sense. Oh, like, 100%. They're not, they're, not, they're not perfect. They're not They're not a clean slate or anything. They, You know, they do shitty stuff as well. Um, mm. But I think, I think ultimately they are... Like when I read, it, I was just like, "Yes, yes, yeah. yes, well, fix that I, fucking company." Yeah, they're going to have the money to back um, a lot of these fantastic titles, and I think maybe Absolutely. before we dive too too deep, we do just touch on exactly what the, this acquisition has encapsulated. So, some yeah. of the big name titles that you would know are Overwatch, the whole Diablo franchise, Call yeah. of Duty, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush. Um, yeah, that's Starcraft. the big one for me. That's the big one. Yeah, you Candy like Crush MMO when? Are yeah, you looking forward to playing Candy Crush 144 Hertz and on your uh, gaming PC <laughs> later? Dude, I want, I want freaking Ray Trace Candy Crush, my friend. <laughs> I want to see those freaking little uh, candy tots in high def, baby. You know? I want to be able to yeah. play. I don't even know what the game is. I've never played Candy Crush in my <laughs> life. Have you played it before? I have. It's actually not too bad, man. It uh, Well... It, there was a period of time there where uh, it was like the top downloaded. It might still be. It was like the top downloaded mobile game. And yeah, I remember that. Like storyline, dude. But it's, seriously, man, there is so many freaking levels and they get really hard towards the end. You can just keep playing forever. There's like little DLCs and stuff that they keep adding in there. Just uh, got, uh, Candy Crush is the poor man's bejeweled. I think that's a great way to put it, Jim. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So that's yeah. the kind of game it is. Well, I wasn't quite mm. aware, to be honest. But I mean, those IPs are so freaking yeah. iconic grizz and for yeah. for microsoft to have their hand on them i just think is is amazing personally yeah. um i think so um, there is i guess we uh, it'd be worthwhile touching on the studios as well there, there's some absolutely there's, there's yeah. so many studios that they've acquired as part of oh, this as well, i mean but- under under the banner of those guys like it's it's insane like there's a bunch of different studios and 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 even like ip specific studios that work for certain different ips you know yeah. different games within that umbrella it's it's unbelievable yeah, but go yeah. ahead, go ahead. Read, oh, well, so I, okay. I've got uh, tr- tr- Treyarch, Raven, yep. High Moon, Beanox, Sledgehammer, Infinity War, Demonware, and Toys for Bob are a small fraction of those that yeah. operate under the, the the Microsoft Activision banner. That are absolutely oh, massive. And 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 the 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 question is like. This it's just a huge acquisition in terms yeah. of. I mean. <laughs> it's 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 just quite it's quite quite groundbreaking I think in terms of oh absolutely uh, I mean like like I said earlier I think this is honestly like probably one of the biggest news stories to have ever really come out about gaming related obviously um, especially mm-hmm. structurally in terms of like uh, businesses um, probably in the last decade but what I think is um, is interesting is mm-hmm. I don't think anyone had a sniff of this. No. You know, it was such a fucking well-kept secret. 
like it just exploded. The minute it, it went live, it exploded. My newsfeed yeah. just went bang, like just <laughs> instant. Yeah. There was nothing, not even like, you know, there's a lot of like um, journo, games journos that often get kind of like insider scoops and stuff like that. Um, one guy I'm thinking of is the guy from Kotaku. I can't, mm. I, I always mispronounce his name, but it's Jason Schreier or something like that. Mm. He normally yep. gets the inside scoop super early. He was straight in that at the same time as everyone else. Like, but you've got to think about it, Grizz. Like, there is there would have been so many people working on this deal and mm. just no yeah. one said to, to not, to not have say a single anything, word. Mate. Yeah, it's insane. How? 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 I would be like, well, you won't fucking believe this, but the fucking it was deal. back in 1998 when the Corn album got leaked by some random dude on LimeWire. Surely someone oh, has insider yes. knowledge about well, That's what the- I mean. It makes me wonder, like, you know, I mean, are they greasing palms with a little bit of cash to try and get people to shut the hell up? I don't know. Maybe they're just getting paid really well. But, mm. um, yeah, super interesting. But on the on on the same topic of this acquisition, it's been yeah. interesting to see some of the things that Phil Spencer has been saying about the acquisition. So for now, those Phil of you who don't know who's... Yeah, you're about to tell me. To tell, he you're about is to answer the my question. CEO of the gaming leg of Microsoft, essentially. Okay. So you know he's yeah. he's Mr. Xbox, right? So you probably would know notice him from you know the 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 what do you call it the E3 um, uh, uh, convention and you know all the Xbox mm. kind of presentations and stuff like. That. So you'd know who he was when you saw him. But um, I, I, I'm going to very loosely paraphrase this but um recently he was kind of asked about what he thought about um activision blizzard and stuff and he basically said something along the lines of um you know we're reevaluating our relationship with abk and it's like yeah <laughs> you're fucking reevaluating it to the point where you're just gonna fucking buy him <laughs> yeah. like, oh, i must have been thinking at the time he's like hmm yes yes Yes, well, yes. And he obviously didn't want to say too much about them at all because they, mm. they were going to buy them in the end, right? So he's yeah. just said this. Very, tight, very tight-lipped. Like, it's Absolutely. interesting to um, – I don't know if you read uh, – I, I assume that this is from – is his name Phil Spence? Is that what you say, Cap? But I yep, read the um, I read, I read the, the Microsoft announcement about it and there was a fair bit of jargon about uh, their work culture and ethics about microsoft's or about abk about microsoft's right okay and that they were going to look after employees that are coming across and other bits and pieces i'd love to bring that article up but i found that that particular thing being quite interesting because obviously there's there has been that ongoing ongoing controversy and we know that there's still some of the management with an activision blizzard that are still absolutely um, and that's something interesting to bring up because so it was as all the ABK stuff was coming out and all these sexual harassment claims were sort of coming to light. Um, it was kind of apparent that, well, at least to me, that not an awful lot was being said by uh, about or by um, Bobby mm. Kotick, who is the yes. guy who runs um, Activision. Now, he basically, I, I would say, got away with a lot. Um, it kind mm. of slowly came out that. Um, there was a few reports about some of his past behaviors, a lot of them being just like really poor work practices and just being like an absolute fucking asshole, essentially, um, which doesn't surprise me. He looks like a little fucking goblin. So like at the end of the day, he is getting away with this now, scot-free as far as I'm concerned, because what they're going to do is not only is he going to get a gigantic fucking payout because yeah. part of his contractual obligations and terms is that if he gets let go, 
even at his fault, he still makes like 200 and something million dollars, like 250 mm. million bucks. And if he gets let go because of acquisition or anything like that, it's like something like $280 million. It's just absolutely absurd. And so now he gets to get walk away from this dumpster fire that has been left in his wake, you know, with all this other bullshit that's been happening at, at mm. um, Activision. And he just goes, yeah, well, we were bought out and someone took my place, bugger. You know, like he doesn't, he doesn't get to do the walk of shame you know, which yeah. really pisses me off. 100%. And this is the same. There's articles about Kodak around, you know, public cries for his resignation and, and other bits and pieces. Yeah, and then absolutely. In an article that was released today, Cap Kodak's come out saying that um, he felt really positive uh, about the situation. I bet he did. And that, <laughs> and, that the, and that the two companies shared similar values and cultures as well, oh, which God. is just like, come on, mate. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god! Is this this CEO jargon like just you know saving face like always the optimist, just completely lying in all of their? Well, not every single CEO, but you know it's just that whole that 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 kind of shit where you just hear that and you just go, "You are such a fucking liar." Anyways, he's an asshole. But yeah, so Blizzard acquired. Uh, by Activ- well, sorry, by Microsoft, Blizzard Activision King, for seventy sixty-eight billion dollars. Amazing. Nuts. Question to you, Cap, and probably a question to listeners. I know that we haven't got a poll function anywhere yet, but after hearing the uh, the acquisition um, today or now or whenever you have heard it, if you had a choice to own a PlayStation Five or an Xbox. What would you pick? Yeah, I think, hmm. Do you know what? And I'm going to metagame this one personally okay. and just give you yep. my opinion <laughs> because you're here. So you probably, you must want something about my opinion. <laughs> so, but if I was going to metagame this and I had to choose one, mm-hmm. I'd just get a PS5 and then have a PC because then I'll have everything on, on the PC. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Oh, and I mean, this comes back to. Um, kind of this question that I'm asking you with underlying themes that sit behind this right cap what happens to the existing uh, Activision Blizzard games that are on PlayStation 5 things like well, that's going to be an interesting thing yeah Do I they would just- say personally or- I reckon what will happen is anything that's still on there will stay on there. I think Microsoft have been pretty, like, they're pretty good bros like that. I don't think they're going to pull the rug out from underneath anyone and be like, oh, well, we own that now, so it's not going to be on your console. Um, (laughs) But I think any new stuff, you might see timed exclusivity on consoles. Okay. I reckon that they're not silly enough to close themselves out of a market um, for... Because I mean, I think gaming as exactly an ecosystem. Do, right? Yeah, I think I think timed exclusives is probably what you'll see a lot of. Um, <clears throat> I don't think you'll see too many major exclusives. See, another problem is right because of the. Um, I guess you, you don't want to breed a um, resentment for Microsoft because you're starting to put these games that have been kind of well known to be across certain different platforms um, yeah. and people who love Blizzard games and want to play them on their um, console of choice you don't want to breed resentment um, from your your audience because you are suddenly not have like allowing those games to be elsewhere so I would mm. think 
probably they will still have those games on all the other different consoles. They'll still come to those consoles next gen. It might be timed exclusivity though. Yeah. And one thing that I would worry about, I mean, I've got a PC, so I'm probably going to be playing these games on PC anyway, but I can totally understand, right? PlayStation, uh, for example, Diablo 4 coming out, Cap. Um, you know, the Diablo games are on Switch. They're on PlayStation 4. And they work very well on those. I would be, well, like you say, maybe timed exclusivity on those on those cons uh, on on um, Xbox, Microsoft, and then they can yeah. come to a broader. Yeah, but that's yeah. a shame. Actually, just as a quick side note, Jim's made a good point that I completely forgot about. But so another big acquisition that happened a while back was obviously Bethesda by Microsoft. Yeah. Now the IP that they've got coming out is Starfield. And that's actually only going to be PC and Xbox, no PlayStation. So maybe they, maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe mm. what I just said is complete and utter garbage. But I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard for me to believe that, so, for example, Diablo 4 wouldn't yeah. be on multiple consoles. Yeah. I mean, you know? I guess it all comes down to money as well. Like it Absolutely. depends on, Absolutely. On, uh, on what they're going to be earning from I mean, cross-platform. Will it sell more consoles for them? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. I think probably the most interesting thing for me, though, Grizz, is mm. is how this all fits in with Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I, Phil Dude. Spencer has Dude. has expressively said that he they're going to be working on bringing as many of those titles to uh, the Game Pass as they can within reason. Obviously, mm. I think that probably that kind of comment to me maybe makes it sound as if because i was like when this first hit i was just like holy shit imagine if world of warcraft the subscription everything (laughs) was bundled into your xbox game pass and i was like i am super fucking on board for that because i already have an xbox game pass (laughs) so um but i think that kind of probably implies that you're probably not going to see a game like that on the game pass maybe it might be you know this is another thing well, I don't look. I think, for me personally, I mean, I can only imagine what World of Warcraft's running costs are, right? Like, they must, it must be mm. fucking the the server costs must be astronomical. So they need oh. to obviously get some kind of money back with the subscription, which I I totally understand in terms of like a an economical thing. So maybe it might be like an add on thing that you can add on to your Game Pass. I think it'll depend, Cap, on whether if they moved WoW to Game Pass. How many people they can bring across that will just get Game Pass to play WoW? Because I want to point something out here. I've got a stat here from Game Rant. Um, so, active users in 2017 for World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. and they had 46 million subs. World of Warcraft. How much was so. that? 2014 was it? 2017. 17. Sorry. Wait. I don't even know whether that was the peak. So, what was that? What what uh, what content would that have been? 17 would through? have to be Legion or something like that. As of uh, second quarter 2021, literally half of the numbers, 26 million, which is still a lot. But I would imagine that um, the decision to have, say, a game like World of Warcraft that has a subscription fee associated with the game itself would be uh, based on whether they think they can bring the existing player base off to join Xbox Game Pass saying, hey, bring your WoW subs across and you also get access to all this stuff too. And that's they what can I mean. increase that sub number up as well. Like the, the value added is 
out of control if mm. if they start bundling shit like that in. Like, oh, man. maybe even well, if they, I don't know. I mean, so the thing is, I think WoW might be free. I can't quite remember. So I used, to, I, I play, I've played a lot of WoW in my in my day, and then they've changed the way the model works for mm. a couple of times. But I'm pretty sure you can basically play everything except for the most recent content um, for free. I yeah, think. Okay. You know, so you can level up to a certain level or something and play most of it for free, can you? Is that the is that the way yeah. it happens? Or? I think you can basically level up to whatever the the max of the previous expansion was, and then if mm. you want to continue playing, you have to buy the new content. So one of the fears that I have, Cap, right, is that this is a this is a very time, timely announcement for them to 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 acquire Activision Blizzard um, for the Game Pass because we have just heard that there is going to be a PlayStation Game Pass, and I feel like... Well, hang on. We don't know for sure. <laughs> There's been a lot of rumblings, and yeah, some of the rumbling. things that they've been doing is, like, pulling things <sighs> off the shelf. Like, I think in Europe or somewhere, they've pulled, mm. like, the PlayStation Now cards out of retailers, um, which okay. might suggest that perhaps there's something in the works. But you're right. Either way, what I want to get at right now is they have really secured... I mean, they already killing it with the game pass they've got 25 million subscribers on game pass at the moment is that for um, xbox yeah that is the xbox Holy game pass shit. 25 million subscribers on the game pass um and it That's is probably more subs than world of warcraft <laughs> well if we have a look at the stats what did i say 2021 uh 26 million in second quarter 2021 so it's it's oh, getting wow. up there i didn't sure. know that they were releasing the stats to be honest because i vaguely remember wow saying uh we're not going to release these stats they they don't mean <laughs> anything they're not that important because obviously the stats are going <laughs> <laughs> so especially like after i think battle so they had a really strong hit with legion everyone came back for that battles for azeroth kind of shit the bed a little bit and then i think into shadowlands that trend kind of kept going anyways Sorry to detract from that, but no, um, you're fine, Matt. No. Um, uh, what I was getting at is when you've got a company that has a lot of power that is doing really well, that is buying the uh, smaller companies or or companies that they think that they can acquire, you end up with one company that owns a lot of stuff that has a lot of ability, almost like a monopoly to yeah, um, absolutely be able to maintain and change the prices of things. What do, what are you what do, how do you feel? What do you think this is going to? impact in the long run on us gamers in a negative way in terms of monetization and um, game pass? I, I like, don't really know. Like, I, uh, one thing that uh, I'm not entirely sure, it'll be interesting to see what, so this is another thing, is with Sony maybe bringing out their own version of gay par, Game Pass, <laughs> is gay how, pass, yep, it. It, yeah, um, so how do they, like, what do they provide, especially now? Like, that, that yeah. bar is being put so much fucking higher now that Microsoft's gone and done that. Um, mm. Like, I, I just, I don't, don't, like, obviously, P- PlayStation, for, okay, so this is the thing. What are they going to put on the Game Pass, right? Are they going to do the same <laughs> yeah. thing and just get heaps of different indies in there, chuck a bunch of those on? Do they still include their main IPs? Because Sony has, like, Sony loves to charge you a lot of money for the IPs that they have lovingly crafted and are exclusive to their console because that's obviously how they make their money. I just cannot see 
that whatever Game Pass that they bring out, including their main IPs that get released day one, like Microsoft does. I just cannot fucking see it because well, I just think me- they are so. They, their claws are so. They just want that eighty fucking dollars. That ninety. How much? How much are PS Five games these days? Like a hundred oh, bucks. Dude. 100, Australia, no, man, 100, 100, I played over a hundred for Eternal, but Kat, yeah, that's I just what want I mean. to put something out to you right now that PlayStation already has a fucking Game Pass essentially in well. PlayStation Plus. It's slightly different, but you pay a monthly subscription. They give you a couple of free games or a free game that you then yeah. have in your library if you stay subscribed. Um, I can, I can I, just I honestly oh my God. would not be surprised if they rebrand what they've already got and try to include <laughs> a couple more games in there to make yeah. it work. It's kind of like, you know that meme, it's like, it's like, Mum, um, I want Xbox Game Pass. It's like, we've got Xbox Game Pass at home. It's the fucking PS Now fucking. No, <laughs> it's like three games coming out. It's like, honestly, I think, I think, I think, like, I just can't. I just think their their business structure, and also, I mean, Sony doesn't have as much money as what Microsoft would have. I mm. would assume. I mean, they probably wouldn't have you know seventy odd billion dollars to just go and drop down on, um, on, you know, on on ABK, for example. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they could actually mm. acquire. Maybe they could. Maybe I've, I, I have no idea. I don't know what their well, market share is like. I th- but I think one of the biggest reasons for me and you, while we. Uh, probably not that interested in a, in a PlayStation Game Pass is because it's only going to give us PlayStation games where, like you were saying before, the Xbox Game Pass is going to give you access to the PC titles uh, as well as the Xbox titles for those games. And I don't even have an Xbox, but I've got an Xbox Games Pass because the value is just too good. So, yeah. I, I mean, we asked very slowly, and I had this discussion in our dad bod chat today that... PlayStation seem to be slowly opening up to the idea around releasing some of their games on PC. We had God of War and um, Horizon. Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn just yeah. recently come to PC. Did Days maybe, Gone come out on PC? Potentially. Probably not, it is, maybe. It is, it is going to. might be... So look, maybe there comes a point in oh, time, no, Cap, where a year or a year and a half down the track and PlayStation end up having a model where you get access to things like God of War and all those great PlayStation um, exclusives on on PC through a Game Pass or a PlayStation Pass or whatever it is that may be, then maybe, maybe they can contend. But for now, all right. I don't know. Here's another alternate know. universe for you, Grizz, that I'm going to propose, right? Clearly, right, the mm. lines are being drawn in the sand, right? And Microsoft has gone to the beach and they've <laughs> fucking drawn a giant fucking line that basically takes up most of the fucking beach, right? Mm-hmm. Who else Who else can draw another line next to Microsoft? Amazon, baby. Imagine oh. if Amazon bought fucking Dang. Sony and they did their own shit. Dang, dude, you actually... That's the only, that's the only thing that. I can think that might... And then we'd have this massive fucking subscription war because that's the only that's the only that's the only company I could see that could possibly contend with Microsoft in that kind of market share. Dude, Microsoft need to make a streaming service. Like I'm talking about a Twitch they equivalent. Did. They did. They did. It was oh, called man. and it fucking died, mate. That's, <laughs> see, that's how good it was. It, it's so to good go you fucking forgot that. about. <laughs> Yeah. They need to, they need to make, they need to make a console that. as well, mate. They'd be fucking great. Yeah, um, that's true. 
Um, an operating system might be a good idea for them as well. But yeah, I don't know. I think it'll well, be interesting. Right. You're, to see you're totally right there, man. The big, the big players. Well, I don't know. Like Cap, I, I have always. All right, I'm going to ask you right now. Answer me straight, Cap. All right. I'll, no I'll do it. Push. PlayStation, yeah. PlayStation or Xbox? Where, where do you lie? Um, see, <laughs> I my I think my spirit animal is Xbox, but I prefer the PlayStation. You yeah, because I, I feel like I can really get on with a lot of like Microsoft's value, especially these days. Get on board with a lot of their values. They seem to be very like um, gamer first. Um, they kind of want to do the right thing by um, the consumer, which is pretty fucking rare for a company of that size. Um, uh, whereas you know Sony, I just I love so many of Sony's games and. Mm. Their exclusives are just incredible. I mean, look at God of War. Like, what a fucking masterpiece, you know? Like, so I don't know. I think it's a tough one for me. What about you? Where did you sway on that? Well, that? I am I am definitely Sony, 100%. Well, actually, I'm Nintendo, but we're not talking about Nintendo. We're talking about yeah. Xbox versus Sony. Well, I'm here we Sony. go. What the hell did Nintendo do? <laughs> I just want to really quickly address um, Jim's comment really quickly. He's talking about... Uh, he wants Sony to be uh, have backwards compatibility. There, I listened to a podcast today. Apparently, that is going to be happening potentially as part of a um, the Sony the PlayStation Now subscription, which is another fucking game pass. Wait, so what's what's this say again? So what's going to be happening? Sorry. Um, uh, was it not Jim? Sorry, Jim. Uh, 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 no, it was Sly Frostpaw. It was Sly Frostpaw. Sorry. Um, essentially, it, the question was, I would like to see Sony bring backwards compatibility, compatibility uh, for their versions um, so right. you can basically play the back, back catalogs of games. So I did go- see something recently about PS3 showing up somewhere in some of the things on, um, I don't know whether it was their marketing or it might have mm. been their, you know, when when um, retailers release like, um, you know, like barcodes and shit and you can see like PS3 and stuff written in stuff um, before shit even hits the shelves because obviously they need to know. Yep. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I read something about PS3 stuff most likely coming to PS5. But yeah, you're right. Backwards apparently there's been a, a, there's actually a technical reason as to why backwards compatibility has not been so easy, which has actually been solved well, in on the PlayStation 5. Around. I mean, let's have a look at like the recent fucking um, Nintendo 64 console uh, on the Switch. Have you what seen some of the some of the um, like the reviews of like some of the old N64 games running on Switch? No framey and shit, or what's? Oh that? yeah, like the textures are gross. Like just mm. um, so I'm pretty sure Ocarina of Time. If you you know when you get you finish the Water Temple and you um, fight Dark Link at the end of the Water Temple, you ever play that game? Yeah, I did. Yep, yeah, but I can't remember yep. it very well. You go yeah, into like this of... mirror world and you there's like this Dark Link guy that you fight. So all the oh, textures yeah, I in there are that. just yeah. horrifically shit. <laughs> like really bad. And it's just like a really bad, um, what do you call it, emulator problem. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised there's technical issues with getting older games onto some of these consoles. But you think, oh, I, mean, I don't know. Goodness, yeah, like for all of us retro nerds and people that like to play Super Mario World, to get a machine to play it as well as the originals did cost you a lot of money to play it on hd so yeah yeah totally totally understand that for sure 
Yeah. And I sidetracked you there, Cap. What were you, you going to be talking about, mate? Well, I don't uh, know. I mean, can you perceive Nintendo doing mm. anything to... I oh. mean, obviously, they're kind of doing the... What do they call their weird little kind of offering Nintendo at the expansion online? pack or something? Um, oh. I think is what they call it. And you get you get the retro games with it, and that's kind of yep. their thing. And mm. they alternate the different retro titles through their catalogue or something like that. Don't they give you access to free Super Nintendo games on your Switch when you buy the Switch online? Is that something that you get I think as well? so, yeah. And also, I'm, I'm pretty sure that... Uh, actually, it looks pretty cool. Like, from memory, I believe that they kind of change the games up a little bit or add leaderboards and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Like, I, I think that's a pretty rad thing to do. Um, but, I mean, can you perceive them actually... Because, I don't know, I always feel like Nintendo just lives in their own little fucking bubble off in Japan and they do not give a shit where anyone nah. else does. We're going to do it our way. <laughs> Fuck you all. Like, we, are, it's clearly working for us because we make a shitload of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I feel like Nintendo is almost separate from the conversation we're having around Microsoft yeah, absolutely. Um, PlayStation. I feel like that they... I mean, the proof is in the pudding. If I went and grabbed my um, Switch games right now, put them back in and sold them for second hand, you can sell them for like nearly the price that you bought them for. Like yeah. the Nintendo Switch games just do not age and they're expensive and people will buy them because they're good yeah. games. Yeah, it's but uh, it's almost like I feel like Nintendo kind of commands that price because mm. like, for example, if you go into like an EB Games or something like that, you go and have a look at some of the newer titles that come out on like Xbox and PlayStation and like they do decay in price over time. Whereas I feel like it's almost like buying an Apple device when you buy something from Nintendo. It's like, this is the price. It will always be this price and you will yeah. buy it for that price. And that is what yep. we are selling it for. Thank you very much. And you're like, okay, take my money. <laughs> now, I think once they start setting the expectation that you can get stuff for cheaper or say they have a Game Pass or something, then you you might actually, they might actually lose a bit of their credibility and ability to sell full price games. Once you set that example, they've just got yeah. it really good. People are going to buy Nintendo games. They yeah. feel like they just do really well. Yeah. God. Yeah. I, it, it's 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 a crazy world we live in at the moment, Grizz. And I think obviously this yes. acquisition has been like, I don't know, mm. explosive, literally explosive. One thing that I wanted to touch on, Cap, um, that we haven't got to yet, but is the development of the ongoing games under Activision Blizzard. And what are your thoughts on the actual development direction of those games? Do you think uh, that it's going to be a breath of fresh air to some of these games, like WoW, Call of Duty, um, and those particular games? Or do you think they're just going to keep their stuff the same and, and keep trucking? I think that Microsoft... Well, Microsoft has a pretty good... Um, track record in recent years of being pretty hands-off with um, the developers it requires. Um, I think they'll continue to do that. I think they might try and light the fire under developers if they're taking, well, I don't know. I mean, it'll be a business um, thing, right? <laughs> I, th I think I think they will push them if they need to be pushed. Um, obviously, I think probably the biggest thing is I think they'll be quite, because there's been a lot of reports of like, you know, really low morale in um ABK um, development studios for obvious reasons. Like they feel like they're not being looked after, they're being hard done by, you know, not being listened to, which they're not. Um, 
I think if mm. anything, this will give a real morale boost to those developers who desperately fucking need it. And I think it will help them to produce really fucking awesome games, which is rad. And I hope that they can address these problems and nip mm. in the bud whatever the hell's going has happened in these in these development studios. There's a couple of things that I want to talk about. Um, first one being that Xbox has now got two titans of first-person shooters with the Call of Duty coming across and they've got the Halo games um, under their and banner now as well. And now Overwatch as well. So, yeah. like, absolute titans. But I feel like, and I don't play a heap of shooters, so this is just me kind of speculating here, but I feel like the Call of Duty, um, they pump out one a year and uh, I feel like Vanguard was decent, but I wonder if... I do wonder whether um, – I mean, by the way, it's going to take a year for this to – for the merger to, for it to all come to fruition, so probably a couple of years down the track. But I wonder if yeah. they're going to give some of these games a little bit more time in the oven. To, well, to I hope so. And, and I don't I know, hope so. result I, better games. Look, I mean, I know you said Vanguard was decent, but, I mean, Vanguard <laughs> had a lot of issues, just like yeah. the more recent Battlefield game as well. Like, And those are issues that could have probably been ironed out with a bit more time in the oven, like you said. You know, one year to turn around, I mean, obviously they don't take a year to make these video games. That's It's not how it works. They, they obviously, <laughs> yeah. they kind of, you know, they have like a staggered start between where they start the game, one comes out, and the other one that's going to come out the next year has already been in production for however long um but i i I would think i don't know it's kind of i mean call of duty is a completely different beast right i think personally probably what they're going to be doing is moving call of duty maybe to a more kind of um I'm going to use this as a really shittily as a really shitty term because it it doesn't really make an awful lot of sense. But hopefully, it'll give you the kind of like like encapsulating thought I'm trying to you know express here is is yep. Fortnite. Fortnite is a platform, right? And they keep iterating mm. on Fortnite. I it's think a gaming experience, Cap. Yeah, it's a game. It's a lifestyle, you know. <laughs> so I I think I think that Call of Duty will slowly. Mm evolve into what is now that Warzone kind of platform. I think they'll probably maybe stop making major Call of Duties eventually. Maybe I'm fucking wrong. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. Do people even play those campaigns anymore? I don't even know. I feel like they just well, get them for the multiplayer. Yeah, I feel – well, I definitely would. Um, I would love to see some stats on that. Me, Yeah, me too. And, Cap, we talked about this last time, right? Uh, we feel like uh, World of Warcraft uh, – fell on its ass a bit and and lost obviously a lot of subscribers people moving across to final fantasy uh do uh, do you feel like they're going to try to make any drastic changes to world of warcraft to um breathe new life into that game do you think there's anything that they can do or you think do you know what I, i think world of warcraft is in a real scary spot because i think that they need new content stat but I, th- mm. I personally don't think they probably have much in the in the chamber ready to fire out. Yeah, and I think that was only made worse by what's happened recently at ABK. I think that has perpetuated things. I, I worry to think where WoW might be in the next two years. Like mm. I would assume they've probably got another expansion in the works. Will it iterate enough on the overall game to actually be interesting? Who fucking knows? 
Who fucking knows? Well, I, well, I think tell what's you happened what. recently is, is going to make it really difficult for them. Oh, 100%. With some, if someone tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, Grizz, in a year, mate, your company's going to be bought out. But we just want you to sit there and just keep working on that. But we don't know what your job's going to be like in a year. I'm going to basically, I don't know, I might just sit there and watch Twitch all day and listen to podcasts rather than actually yeah. do proper work. I would imagine. Well, so, so we, it's been announced, right? It's been announced it's going to happen, but they've now gone and said, yeah, b- before it all comes to fruition, we've got 18 months or whatever it is, and we're expecting that the studios themselves will keep operating as they operate. I think it's going to yeah. be a pretty challenging time, mate, to see yeah. the content coming out for some it of these. Will, and- look, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with World of Warcraft. Like, I think I, I can't see them doing much in terms of changing it up all that much only reason i say that is because like world of warcraft is a tried and true yeah ip you know people play world of warcraft because there's nothing really like world of warcraft out there there isn't i mean there's there's options you know you might argue that final fantasy online is pretty close it's not but it's pretty close um but there's only one world of warcraft right i think they'll like and that has got to be worth some kind of money right and it I'm sure it brings in some kind of money. I think they will probably just let that game keep ticking over. Um, I would imagine that um, I would be very surprised if we don't see more Warcraft-themed IPs in the future. So this is another thing, oh, right, Chris? man, how good would that be? Like, Do you know what I want to see? Got- okay, On top me. of that, I just, I just mm. like, so League of Legends obviously released a a hugely successful Netflix series recently. Okay. I can't believe yeah. that Blizzard hasn't done this yet. Like, how have they not given their IP to some fucking awesome studio mm. and made something really fucking radical for Netflix? Like, look at Dota. Dota's done the yeah. same thing. Dota's how has the they? Yeah. How have they not given Overwatch to Netflix? How have they not given um, World of Warcraft to Amazon to go and make a sick series TV show? But, it's just like, yeah. I just feel like there's so much they can do with that. this IP. World of Warcraft had yeah. that really B-grade shitty movie, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's how Blizzard always tackles things. It's like they just mm. never do it right. It's like because mm. I think they put too much emphasis on them being at the helm. They just need to give it to someone. Let a studio just fucking knock it out of the park like League of Legends did. Apparently, I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but apparently, um, what's it called? Um, oh, uh, it's a little hard. Uh, Someone's yeah. going to tell us. Someone's Arcane. Tell it's us called Arcane. Sure. Arcane, Arcane is yeah. amazing, right? I've, I've heard it is amazing. Um, mm. The animation, everything to go with it, is just an incredibly emotive story. They've done a really good job of like characterization of all the different characters that come out of that game, and it, to the point where people who have never played League before watch that and then become League players. You know what I mean? Mm. So they're really capitalizing on their IP. Bliss has never been able to do it properly. They have these incredible fucking in-game cinematics and they just cannot do anything with it properly. And it's like, well, it just blows my damn mind. Not only that, Cap, but I also feel other game IPs using the World of Warcraft kind of kind of world. So we started with the Warcraft, Warcraft 1, 2, 3, those top-down RTS, and we've got World of Warcraft do you think there's like oh actually I lie Heroes of the Storm <laughs> Heroes yeah, of the Storm was probably which I really game. liked I really is liked this, oh man is there potential that we're going to see like crossover of the now Blizzard IPs into other Microsoft related games is there going to be do you think you wow. can buy like the 
Is there going to be some kind of crossover you know potential? I think, I think if if like Heroes of the Storm was still cranking, they probably would. But like, I don't think Heroes is doing particularly well. Like they they dismantled their esport, um, mm. you know, brackets and everything because it wasn't being watched much. And um, yep. I, I I would assume that their um, their player base is pretty small. Unfortunately, I mean, I think it's a really nice game. I think it's a good introductory kind of. Um, um, what do you call it? What do you call it? MOBA? I want, I want to say something here, Cap. They blizzarded it. Blizzard yeah. went through this big period where they wanted to simplify their games yeah. to allow accessibility across um, anyone to be able to play it. To me, it's kind of like Pokemon Unite, but not quite as simple. But um, yeah, I mean, those of us that play MOBAs like League of Legends, Dota, um, Heroes of the Storm, or any not mm. Heroes of the Storm, what was that one I'm trying to think of? The, pre, the pre-Dota one? Um, oh, Han. Heroes of New Earth. Heroes of New yeah. Earth. Um, yeah, yeah just, I felt like it was uh, when Diablo 3 came out, it had the same issue. A lot of people that came from Diablo 2 felt like it was um, very simplified. World of Warcraft is kind of the same with the new content. Um, but don't you yeah. reckon, like, there's a lot of developers suffering that same fate? Like I would, I would point like you know wholeheartedly to Bethesda. Like if you look at the progression of Elder Scrolls games from Morrowind to Skyrim, they become more and more brain dead as you go along, in my opinion. And <laughs> well, even the story is pathetic. Well, do you think that's, that's is... definitely a an, a me opinion? I know that's question, not the case. A lot of people you, love Kat. those games, but question to you: um, Do you think making a game more accessible in difficulty and complexity? would make the company more money than sticking to the roots and having <laughs> difficult it depends. game I think it completely depends on the game. I'm all for accessibility, by the way. Like I, I think if there's any way that you can make your game accessible, you should, mm. um, especially kind of bringing um, games to different platforms for people with, you know, limited ability here and there or, you know, whatever it is. Ultimately, I think it's a mm. very difficult kind of um, – uh, you know, it's, it's a difficult, you know, dial to come in on. Like, I mean, look at From Software. They have made, you know, arguably some of the most difficult games in history, um, you know, and they're, they're killing it, you know. Whereas, I mean, Skyrim, probably what I would say would be a fairly, light, you know, Elder Scrolls light. Um, and they've released it on just about every console that's ever existed. They've obviously had a huge market uh, market share on on that kind of RPG kind of um, thing, you know, thousands, yeah. maybe, you know, hundreds of thousands of different mods, you know, like it's got a really strong support base. I think I've, I've kind of changed my tune a little bit on the accessibility piece, Cap, um, probably over the last six months or so. Um, I have no issues with accessibility as long as the option is still there for you to be able to play the game where you want to play it at. So yeah. kind of what I'm getting at, like I don't want I don't want my game yeah. to be oversimplified and then me to not have the option to like yeah. see all the stats and all the... In, Do you know uh, what? I, okay, I, I would roll that back a little bit for like how I feel about it. I think yeah. accessibility is really important in video games and you should try and do it where you can. But I don't mm. think that you should feel the need to include accessibility, um, especially if it's going to affect your vision 
for your video game. So the reason I say that is because I believe video games are an art form. And so if you have a certain vision for a video game and you go, like, for example, Dark Souls, there's no difficulty slider in Dark Souls. And the whole Mm. idea of that game is to punish you and make you feel that kind of elation when you manage to overcome a task. Now, I Mm. think having a difficulty slider completely removes that and it does not have the same feeling for that game the game's grittiness and its atmosphere would be i think um worse off for having a difficulty Mm. slider because you wouldn't feel the threat of what is going on in that game ultimately i think it needs to come down to the game developers make the game you want to fucking make and just fucking enjoy it if it's not for you it's not for you that's fine if you can make games more accessible fucking do it that's what if you were to make dark souls uh so uh, there's a there's a mode in uh, Terraria Cap where <clears throat> you can set it to creativity mode. The mobs can't attack you. Um, you basically yeah. build, you can mine, do whatever else. What if in Dark Souls you were able to put it on creativity mode where you could explore the areas and find the items and get the dialogues and discover the other bits and pieces and you basically didn't yeah. fight bosses. And, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is I feel like and my tune has changed on this completely, but I feel like the way Dark Souls is now is probably a little bit gatekeepery for maybe half of the people that can't be fucked or uh, maybe don't have the time to throw into that game. And I feel like there's quite a, a lot of people that are missing out on on the core mechanics of the game, the, the game itself. It's the law. Well, I'm not a law person, but the law is amazing. Everything else that goes with it is amazing. Do you think that, that that is something that could be done? Where you're still kind of allowing the universe to sit there and the law in there, but it's more of a walk around story yeah. mode. Yeah, look, I mean, of, of course they could do it. They could do it. Absolutely they could do that. But again, I just, I just don't think it... Doesn't it, do it. <laughs> it. I don't think it's going to convey what mm. that that those guys are trying to create. Like, and as again, this is comes back to, you know, video games are an art form. You know, they are a creative endeavor, and a lot of people want to kind of, you know, obviously produce some kind of, you know, interface with the consumer and that interface they're going to aim to have some kind of atmosphere and some kind of feel when you play that game. If if they include something like that, it might draw away from that feeling because you don't have those feelings of um, frustration or you have those feelings of elation again from defeating this boss that you've been literally trying to kill for a day you know what Mm -hmm. I mean so I just feel like I I don't I don't don't really know like yeah of course they can do it but should they do it I don't know yeah. I think that comes down to the developer and whether they want to make it. I think it comes that. down to the developer, 100%. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, bitch and moan about it and say, oh, you know, oh, I can't play this game because it's too hard and oh, God. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, like games aren't for everyone. Just like, you know, not everyone wants to go on, not everyone wants to go and ride a BMX bike, you know, every weekend. Like, you know, you know, you know, you they're not going to, you know, you know, dedicate everything to you just so you can go and ride a BMX bike because, you know, you think the, the I don't know, the jumps are too big. Or I, I, I've never ridden a fucking BMX bike in my life, so I'm just making shit up. But regardless, I just, I just think it comes down to you know, not every game's made for you. And that's yeah. okay. There's games that aren't yep. made for me. You know, I'm not going to go and play fucking what's that penguin game that's online um, for kids. You know, it's got an audience. You know. I'm not going to go and play that personally, and I can. I'm, I don't expect them to go and add a Dark Souls boss to that game to make it more <laughs> difficult for me to enjoy. You know what I mean? Well, I definitely feel like Blizzard uh, 
what is Penguin Island? Yeah, I feel, I feel like they tried Club to Penguin. make it too- Club Penguin. Yeah, Club Penguin. <laughs> hey, um, oh, Cap, can I talk about Game Pass a little bit more? I just wanted yeah, to yeah, absolutely, mate. Real quick, so bring it back. All right, all right. I I feel like Game Pass. Okay, we've got Netflix, we've got Stan, we've got Binge, we've got all these things for video media that allow us to pay this once off subscription to get access to a broad range of genres and games and bits and pieces and Mm -hmm. i think as a company that does that it gives them more foresight in how many people are prepared to pay for an ongoing subscription uh it's almost like uh, you know when you go to a gym and you sign up for 12 months and you get a cheaper price on that they've got oversight they know they're going to get 50 people that are paid for 12 months or whatever else it is. What, yep. I, what I'm getting at here is do you think that gaming is going to turn into a similar model to what, say, Netflix, Stan, Movies is where it's absolutely Game Pass subscription fee. Yeah, I absolutely. agree. It already is heading that way. And, like, even if you look at um, – so, for example, uh, here in, in WA, there's a local um, ISP provider um, who have recently teamed up with um, is it NVIDIA to create um, uh, on-demand uh, game streaming service and the games are ran on their own server equipment and streamed to you to your like computer so you don't have to run the games you know yeah, that kind of yeah. thing is going to open up like it's, it's essentially cloud gaming so mm. cloud gaming you know i think um i think xbox has done the same thing with project x cloud um i think that's obviously the next step beyond kind of game pass and stuff game pass is obviously just giving you you know the the, the titles and stuff so mm. like for example this um other service i was talking about i, I can't i can't remember what it's called um but it's, it's run by pentanet and it's run by nvidia um mm. and basically you know you still have to log into mm. your steam you have to own the games and that kind of stuff so i think once we marry those two things together and we have these game passes that all the cloud computing's done on site somewhere and you just have a little video stream that comes into your your home, all you need is basically a monitor and a controller and an internet connection. That's obviously where things are going, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And obviously, and the here is infrastructure. I feel like, in terms of an economic model for the companies, I feel like it gives them because what happens right now is they will release a game, um, and it's either hot or not, right? Hot. It either sells heaps of copies. Um, or they get lots of pre-orders, and they sometimes they have ones that flop. For example, Anthem or whatever else it might be. I feel like having a subscription service where your game goes to gives them a lot more of a safety net because regardless oh, of whether the game that gets, yes, yeah, regardless of whether the game that they release is, is shit, um, they know they're still going to be getting ten bucks from old Jimmy well, because he's, he's going to want to play Sea of Thieves on the on the yeah. Xbox. But game it, it's also good for indie developers, right? Because like, think about this, right? Imagine developing something for two plus years, right? And you have no fucking money coming in because you are in active development. Unless you have mm. previous titles, you are going to have no access to cash. You have to hope that you've made enough money from you know maybe. I mean, a lot of these indie developers are self funded, right? So they self funded for like two plus years, or they 
use Kickstarter or something like that. Um, so, you know, if they manage to get onto one of these game passes, like a lot of them say, like, you know, it's the best thing that's ever happened because we know we've got a stable amount of income coming for the length of yep. time that that game is going to be on that service. Um, and it makes it really easy for a lot of these companies to kind of maintain a, a cash flow whilst, you know, because obviously a lot of these indie companies, like, you know, they have a massive spike when the first when the game first releases. Maybe it gets a little bit of um, critical acclaim. You know, so they have this massive spike and it drops right off, right? So they've made a big sum of cash. Yeah. So they've got to do a really good job of trying to split that cash up evenly into the, you know, assuming they decide to make another game, um, whether it be in the same series or whatever, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've got to make that cash work for the next period of development, which is insane. Imagine trying to budget for the next two to three years, dude. So having things like this know. is amazing for them. Yeah, what I would love to know, Cap, is say if you have your game on Game Pass, right? Um, and it was released, say, a couple of years before, are you still ongoing getting paid as a developer for that game years down the track, regardless of whether your game's being played, but you're just on the Game Pass? I would love to know how... I, yeah, I believe that's that, how it works. That, that works. I, I'm, I, I believe it's... Um, look, maybe, maybe it changes in the future, but I'm pretty sure the whole idea is like, if your game's on there, you get paid a set fee every, you know, you know, whatever, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Interval that is that you get paid out of, whether it be a quarter or whatever. I'm pretty sure the whole idea is that, you know, you're obviously giving them the rights to have your game on that thing. So you kind of pay that kind of, uh, you get paid that flat sum regularly with intervals. Yeah. Maybe in the future they start going, well, your game only got three downloads, so we're only giving you $2.20. <laughs> I don't know like how that well, works. Well, I mean, there is the other thing about it that, yes, you're on, a game, you're on a game pass and your game's on a game pass, but there is also monetization usually within the individual games on that game pass as well. So whether you're buying... I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Is this is this the way it works? I think you can buy like cosmetics and stuff in Sea of Thieves, which is on the Game Pass, and there's obviously monetization options within hmm. the games on Game Pass. Well, that's, a, that's probably that a, a, well, maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I haven't played Sea of Thieves for a very long time. I don't know whether the cosmetic items in there. I thought that you could just get everything in there. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I didn't think they had. I think you can still buy the currency. I think you can still buy. Oh, okay. Well, I think you can still buy a currency. I, I think. Um, I mean, I would assume that Microsoft would be, you know, aware that you know these games have some kind of <laughs> economic kind of system in them um, for a lot of them, and they'd just be like, "Whatever, we're still going to be paying you this much for whatever." I, I don't know whether that would really come into play. I don't think they'd expect a cut or anything like that. Yeah. True. You know, like I don't think that that would actually be an issue to them overall. I think I think they'd still pay you your regular fee because you're on the Game Pass and your own internal marketplace. You still keep operating like that. There is a premium currency in Sea of Thieves. There you go. Right, there is. Okay. Okay. So I would imagine you can. Well, um, you know, it's probably not going to work for every game, but uh, it's yeah. I mean. It's still good to know that there is monetization options for those games that are on the Game Passes, and I think maybe that's that's the way it is. I mean, shit, Cap, we've spent a lot of time playing Dota 2 recently, and I think oh, absolutely. their monetization model is great. You don't have to spend a cent on that game no. to have the no. full enjoyment. And the only reason why I do it is because I like hats. 
Yeah, I mean that's they they have the hat model from TF2, right? But do. I don't know. Like uh, in Dota, like the the cool thing is like the skins are set by the market, not by the developer. <laughs> yeah, so, like yeah. you you can have a sick skin, and you're like, dude, that is twenty cents. Fuck yeah, I'm buying that. Skin. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'll have that. Thank yeah. you very much. Put that in my bank. Um, uh, yeah, and that's the thing I do like about Dota, you know, like is those. That's done very well with that. You being able to create your own skins and stuff, and, and a voting thing, and other bits and pieces, and they kind of incorporate them. They've well, I mean, well. even like I mean, look at the most recent uh, international, which is their their you know annual um, uh, esports event. They had wait, was it at the international or was it the more re- well? Regardless, they had that skin voting thing that you know the community skins go up and you choose all the skins that you like the look of, and obviously, I'm, I'm guessing that they choose one or a few examples of um, those skins and then they put those out in the mm. marketplace and i would assume that the creators of those skins because they're community creators would get a cut of the money that they that is made off those skins yeah which be rad so mm. yeah but um look i wonder Riz, I whether we'll we, see an, uh, wonder whether we'll see an epic game pass sorry to interrupt you there cat but i wonder whether we'll see an mm. epic game store game pass mate I, well, I, I, do you know I what we'll i definitely see a playstation one but I just I can't see Epic Games thing. really being able to compete at all. Mm. I mean, they're making a lot of money and obviously Fortnite has made them a shitload of money, but I don't really know if they can compete on the scale that Microsoft is is batting in. You know what I mean? Like, I just I just feel like Microsoft is, is so fucking far out in front right now. It is insane, especially after this mm. acquisition. Oh, huge, but, um, mate. Absolutely huge. I think they're going to have a little bit of a monopoly in the next couple of years, um, I feel. Yeah. Um, so yeah. They're going to be positioned quite nicely. But I do Absolutely. really hope – so I, I, get, I guess just to just to recap, I do really hope that this acquisition is going to breathe some new life. We kind of touched on it, but in, into some of these um, games, which I feel have been suffering uh, recently at the hands of Blizzard Activision. I'm hoping that maybe a couple of years down the track that um, – we can see some, some new life into these ongoing ongoing games that yeah. are going to be released for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think like my hot take on this overall for the mm. for the acquisition is is I can't imagine a better company picking them up, and I can't believe it fucking happened. It feels like <laughs> a dream. <laughs> Yeah, but I think we, we, we've, we've kind of deviated across oh, multiple topics on this one overarching <laughs> topic. Ages. Accessibility, Cap. How the yeah. hell did we get to accessibility, I don't know. mate? I don't know. That's, that's just how we do things in here, baby. But, Grizzo, mm. another thing we wanted to, to touch on was GDQ. So, most successful GDQ yet. Give, yep. me, the, give me the stats here, baby. So, uh, this year, GDQ was raising money for the Prevent Cancer Foundation, and they kicked a number of goals. Uh, They raised uh, successfully $3.4 million, uh, which is the most that an event has raised to date. Um, It was the fastest $1 million, $1.5 million, $2 million, and $2.3 million, and $3 million raised for charity to date. So... um, all round, Cap, I usually put aside a bit of time to watch um, a couple of, of the events held at GDQ. Mainly, uh, obviously, we've got quite a few friends in the Kaizo community that usually are running something, and I like to go support those guys. For example, Jazz Cook's been on there before, and um, a few other yep. guys have, have gone across the US and other bits and pieces to be there. So um, mm-hmm. pretty dang successful. Did you 
Did you watch any of the events, Cap? What were your what were your in past years, like? Grizz? I've I've mm. put a lot of time into GDQ, but ever since I've kind of started working full time, I find it very difficult to um, kind of watch and also work at the same time with this new role I'm in. So, yeah, I haven't. I basically didn't watch any this year. But um, I mean, I, past, I love. Would you, GDQ. would you donate? Have you donated in the past, Cap? To, yeah, to, no, to, I normally to, donate to, every year. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I mean, it's um, I mean, this year I it, it kind of flew under my radar because mm. I took a bunch of time off um, over holidays, and it kind of just came and went before I really had a chance to really get in there and, and have a good look. But I normally, you know, I normally open it up and have a good look at the schedule and like you know highlight a couple of things I really want to see. And um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like uh, it's just such a uh, an amazing showcase. I feel like like. For me, a lot of the runners and people that you see on there um, are, are not very well-known, say, Twitch or YouTube personalities that have exceptional skill at one specific mm. game. And they, and it's just like you watch it and it's like, oh, my God. Like the game yeah. that you played back in in your childhood and just to watch them absolutely yeah. tear it to shreds and, yeah. um, and blitz it. I think it's just, just a really good event for that, finding finding those small unknowns that are um, yeah. beyond good. It's actually probably event. something worth touching on really quickly for those at home who are listening in and wondering what mm. the fuck are you guys talking about is uh, GDQ <laughs> is games done quick. So essentially it's a annual um, event that takes place over in America and a lot of people fly over to it and a lot of gamers come in and stream them trying to break world record attempts of speed runs of particular games. Now, it mm. goes for a full week and there's actually two flavors of GDQ. There's AGDQ, which is around, you know, this time of year, and then there's SGDQ, which is uh, so awesome games done quick, and then summer games done quick, which is um, halfway through uh, the year. Um, both um, support different foundations. So I believe uh, AGDQ is the Prevent Cancer Foundation, whereas Summer mm-hmm. Games Done Quick uh, is send, uh, is uh, Doctors Without Borders, which is yeah, um, right. I can't think yep. of the the exact name. But regardless, mm-hmm. like if you haven't had a chance to watch GDQ, go and check out the YouTube channel and go and watch a couple of runs, or even just Google you know some of the best mm-hmm. AGDQ runs um, or GDQ <laughs> runs of all time, because some of the shit you see is crazy like seeing your like you said before Grizz, seeing your childhood game you know sh- <laughs> apart. decimated um, mate. Oh yeah you God. know like i remember watching mm. like the half-life 2 run of like a while ago and then you know they're using all these like skating strats and going out of bounds and it's just it is kind of crazy to see these kind of different <laughs> These different games just get fully shredded even stuff like you know it, I, I probably started watching gdq I don't know. I can't quite remember the the first year um, I started watching it, but it would have been like probably 2015 or something like that, maybe earlier. Um, but I mean, I remember watching um, you know runners like Cosmic uh, run mm. um, Super Mario 64 and just thinking, "Holy shit!" <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it even opened up like an like what I think is quite interesting is is there's a lot of these sub communities out in the wider world with with games who they they have these people um, who you know existed prior to Discord, which blows my damn mind. Um, you know, they they would collaborate and try and figure out how to break these games. Like you mm. know, there are active a- efforts for you know they 
you know, speedrunners will be like will know the extents and limits of games and know certain things are possible because they've played a game so much, but maybe can't quite figure out how to do something. Yeah. And so there'll be people who come in with programming knowledge or you know scripting knowledge and try and figure out what's going on with these games, mm-hmm. just to try and figure out how to perform certain tricks. Uh, the one that comes to mind is in um, Wind Waker, uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. There's a barrier uh, in the Hyrule area under the ocean um and they they will they knew that they could get past that barrier and that would obviously shave a shitload of time off but they just didn't know how <laughs> to do it because it was like just like the way it was programmed just seemed impossible to be able to get um inputs in there to get them through and eventually they collaboratively figured out how to do it and it, it was just m- monumental for them so it's just interesting yeah. to see these communities like um I, I mean i personally had a little bit of time in the Dark Souls um, remastered slash yeah, um, original Dark Souls one speed runs for a bit, weren't you? I like was, that? yeah. Even mm. got a, uh, a sub one hour run in there. All right, yep, thank yep. you very much. Hey, uh, but even just seeing like these guys work together to try and um, you know talk about strats, about how to do certain things, look up different routes. It's um, mm. yeah, I mean it's, it's it's an incredible thing to get a part of if you're actually interested. In it. And and if well, you are interested in it, go and check out. Uh, is it Speedruns Live? I, or, uh, I'm trying to remember the the record site, but. We'll Any get, game we'll you get, liked as a kid, you paid. probably will be able to find it out there on Google. There is micro for communities for basically any freaking game, whether it's Marble Madness, Quackshot, Jimmy Stumps, or Sonic, yeah. whatever there is. Um, hey, Cap, I wanted to touch on my two favorite runs of GDQ that I put aside yeah. time to watch. Um, I actually watched the Hades one, not live. Um, uh, it's actually a game that I have been playing recently, got back into, but this was part of the reason why. And I thought it was really such a interesting dynamic speed run. I know that I think you've touched Hades or you've played Hades a little bit. I have played um, Hades. Incredible game. Yeah, really good game. So this particular was a race. It was a race and it was uh, – the rule is basically you've got to beat uh, the game with every weapon. Um, but you can use any aspect or any trinkets or basically anything that you've got access to. You can so does use. that require so, multiple runs? Yeah. Yep. So runs back How many to back. weapons so, are there? Uh, so you've got the sword, the spear, the shield, the bow, and the gun. I think that is it. So it's five about or five or six runs through that you have to do, I, I'm, well, obviously consecutively. Yeah. And it being a roguelite, I just found it really interesting to watch because the runner's – uh, have the ability to use the different aspects of the weapons. So mm-hmm. one runner might prefer uh, a particular aspect of the gun, and then they're looking for particular boons from the gods. I just found it like a really good watch. Like, you know, the, the, the guys that were talking through uh, part of that community, they knew exactly what they're talking about. They knew exactly what boons the runners were looking for. And, oh, will he get? Will he get this? Will he get the duo here? Because there's a chance to get yeah. a duo. And it was just like I just found it like at a, at a, as a competitive game. Um, Hades, dude, Hades all weapon speed runs is a hoot. Good, I really yeah. enjoyed that to watch that. Is it because it's, it's interesting? Because a lot of speed runs, obviously, they get very meta. Like, there's one particular way to this is the fastest route, and this is the way you do it. Yeah. So, with a game like Hades, I assume there's a lot of. I mean, <laughs> oh. look, I've played the game, but I've played much of it. Um, but I assume that there's a lot of different ways that you could probably approach that speed run, and mm. obviously, doing five consecutive runs it would be pretty difficult to have the perfect run every time so i would assume you kind of got to just rock and roll with what you get and then hope for the best mm. kind of thing well they're 100 is meta and 
I'm taking the words out of the caster's mouth from GDQ, but essentially the world record leaderboards uh, for the weapons had been set for a while. Um, however, in saying that, there's a guy, there's one guy who's an absolute gun with one of these random, apparently slow bow aspects that can get nearly a world record time on a single weapon run using this bow that no one else can match. So I think there still is like this bit of... A bit of room what, to move. ...what you prefer and what you think might work for yeah. you. So I, I found that as being really good. And uh, the other run that I want to talk about is is shout out to the Kaizo community once again, which those of you that don't know is Super Mario World basically reimagined um, being difficult. So uh, if you did watch GDQ, you may have watched Kez Cade's run of Casio Mario oh, World. Oh, so Kez is, was there. That's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah, uh, nice. Kez Cade did, did a run with uh, Third World on the couch commentating, and that was just oh, really cool. That is one of the hardest ROM hacks, as you'll see. You guys may have seen. Oh, it was a Casio, was it? Yeah, Casio. Ah, so. okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 he did a really a, good job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, if, if, for those listening at home, and if you have never seen a Kaizo, and that's spelled K-A- Z-I-O. If you've ever seen a Kaizo ROM hack before, just go on YouTube that and uh, like it's it's Super Mario World on steroids um, and just like the tricks. It, it, there's a lot of like physics abuse and, um, you know, like hard, like what do they call it? Hardware or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, mm. it is hectic. It is like, mm. you know, spin jumps galore, sh- freaking using shells to jump on top of things. Like it's it's crazy some of the shit you see in, in those, yeah, in those people hacks. People don't realize how how intricate the physics of a game that old in Super Mario World is <laughs> in terms of uh, what you can turn that into a difficult platforming gameplay. But that's really what it shows off. The ability to do what you think is unimaginable. You may have found yourself scrolling across TikTok one day and you've come across this mad bloke who's like jumping off 50 shells. And, uh, is that just- Gaming 86? <laughs> oh, mate, no, it's not me. <laughs> but yes, there is a whole another world for you to find this stuff. But anyway, that was one of my favorite runs because it just it is just re- a really skillful playthrough, and I know that Kez has put a lot of time into that particular speed run. And it is a hard game. It probably looks harder than it is, and it looks sorry. It's probably harder than it looks, and it looks freaking hard. So that's an indication of how how difficult uh, uh, that game is. So pretty good to watch. Pretty good to watch. Yeah. I think like one of my most favorite things to have seen in a GDQ at all. I mean, again, I haven't seen this years, but um, was, and that was something that Juz was a part of, was the Mario Maker relay. Oh, um, the yeah, the first that. one with all the Rigi Didge, like, um, you know, uh, original kind of Mario. Carl Sagan. Yeah. Bob all those guys. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, so basically what had happened is um, there was, uh, I, I'm not too sure how many people got together to create some some levels for these guys um and then i mean they're super hard levels they're super difficult and mm. you made it in mario maker on the wii u i guess back then or was that it must have been wii u or maybe it was switch as well no i think you're right wii u well if it was mario maker one then it was wii u but i think these might have been maker two but i could be wrong could be yeah, wrong. yeah i think the, the, it switch. was probably i think it was on the, regardless they i'm pretty sure it was the original mario maker they made a a team came together to make some incredible levels and i'm talking like some of the best mario maker level design community level designers in the world um at making mm. very very difficult um and strict um kind of levels uh basically had two teams um, <laughs> of some of the best mario players in the world yeah. um try and speed run these levels That's in right. a relay fashion this and they died. Me, they had to pass the controller across. Yeah. 
Can you remember From that? memory, dude, I remember, dude, they had Oratua and the Beast, and I remember the Beast absolutely slaying that Yeah, race. Yeah, I remember that was the first <laughs> time I kind of saw the Beast, and I was just like, holy shit, this guy is a literal god. <laughs> yeah. Very good. But I mean, there's so many good speed runs that are um, archived from mm. previous GDQ. So if you haven't had a chance to go and check them out, you absolutely should. I mean, I quite like listening to them in bed, actually, just because there's quite sometimes they get some pretty insightful stuff going on where they'll have. Um, you know, there's been a couple of times when they've had a, an ex-developer for the game jump on board and, like, uh, then, you know, the speedrunners will ask a few questions and the speed, the developer will be like, oh, well, you know, there's this, this, and this. And then the developer, mm-hmm. then the speedrunners go, oh, shit, so we could do this to do that. And, oh, shit, I think we yeah. just come up with a new route kind of thing. And then <laughs> what will happen is, like, a speedrunner will do some crazy strat where they go out of bounds or do something really weird. And then the developer's like, hmm, that's really crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> they always seem to get the um experts in whatever that particular community or or <laughs> just personalities in that community and just just some really good uh insights into into the the games that are run for sure makes yeah, it definitely an incredible uh, event to check out if you get a chance and like i said you definitely go and check out the, um the archival um, of hey, that um as well Cap, we've got some big news mate don't we do we yeah, we've been bought out by Microsoft, mate. Oh, that just came through then. Yeah. We're billionaires now, aren't we? We are. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> After the two episodes, fuck, they've already bought us, mate. This is content gold, baby. <laughs> what are they going to do when we leave? Disgracefully. I don't know. Maybe they'll hand it over to some other schmucks to, to do OGR. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe try, people will try and do access. Uh, but in all honesty, Grizz, what one thing I wanted to maybe wrap up the uh, the the um, the podcast with you tonight was uh, probably talking about Elden Ring because obviously that's coming out next oh, month. Mm-hmm. Yes, now, in in the spirit of Elden Ring coming out soon, and and I am. Mm insanely excited for this game i want to talk to you mm-hmm. about your your souls born tier mm-hmm. list so top to bottom well actually bottom yep. to top bottom to top least, okay. least yeah. favorite through to favorite and where you think elden ring might be within those as well do i uh, do i have time to do justifications for each absolutely Oh, shit, yeah. Guys, strap your helmets in. We're here for another two hours tonight, baby. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> yeah, I'm not going to work tomorrow. No, <laughs> oh, I am. Uh, all right. Well, uh, so just just to get this straight, so Bloodborne, Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, Sekiro and Demon Souls, are they the games? Yeah. The game? And El- we're Elden Ring. Yeah, okay. Well, let's start at the bottom. So for me, and the only Souls game content that I haven't finished is uh, Dark Souls 2 will be bottom of the list. And before I say this, I actually want to quickly say what the order that I played my experience in because I think that... Yeah, I think that's a very important thing big time. Yeah, I agree. So I started with Dark Souls 3 as my first Souls game, mm-hmm. um, which, and I'll get there when I get there, and then I went to Dark Souls 1. Now, those games play pretty similar in terms of mechanics. And so uh, it was a remastered too. So I went Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, after I'd played those two, um, Bloodborne, Sekiro, Demon Souls. Now, 
Dark Souls 2 is the bottom of the list for me simply because I felt that it played quite differently to what Dark Souls 3 and Dark Souls 1 did in terms of the introduction of the adaptability stat, which meant basically you lost iframes between your dodge rolls. So I came into that game and right early on, there's a giant that tries to smack you with his club and I tried to dodge through his attack and mid-roll, I just get thwalloped and <laughs> wrecked. And I'm like, what the fuck is this Souls game? Come on, man, I'm a Souls veteran. I've completed Dark Souls 3 and Dark Souls 1. But that's just not what happens. Well, <laughs> well you... Sorry, Were you aware you that um, that um, so the creator of Dark Souls, Miyazaki, um, he wasn't really involved with Dark Souls Two at all? No, I am not aware of that. So I'm glad that you yeah. know the the backstory. Okay, there was but a bit also of kind of an hell problem with that game, and and yeah, I, I actually felt it. So I felt that the areas were long. Um, the boss fights I didn't find a problem. They weren't too bad. Um, g'day Kazi. But I, I did feel that the areas were long and full of fucking just just overwhelming amount of mobs in there. I found it like Yeah. I found it painstakingly annoying. So that's that's the bottom of the list for me. But I wish I had played that first because I think without being spoiled by Dark Souls 3 and Dark Souls 1 remastered before that experience. I feel like I would have gone, oh, my God, I just love Because it's something about the Dark Souls universe, the darkness, the difficulty, the way the game plays, the satisfaction from clearing an area that is still a really good experience. And I still enjoy it. I just kind of wish I wasn't spiel, uh, spoiled before that fact, if that makes sense, Cap. Yeah. So where did you say Bloodborne was in there? After, So I did Dark Souls 3, 1, Dark Souls 2, uh Bloodborne, Sekiro, Demon Souls. So I did. So what's your tier list? What is what is your? All right, all right. Uh, Dark Souls two at the bottom, and then I would go Demon Souls above that. Yeah. And I don't really have a reason why. Um, I thought the PS five remake was good. I just feel like the other FromSoft games were better. Um, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so above that, so we got yes, Dark Souls two, Demon Souls, um. Dark Souls 1 remastered mm-hmm. there. Uh good great game. Loved it. Loved it. I just it's it's almost like the other ones I just feel like for me Bloodborne was just slightly better than Dark Souls 1. Um I really enjoyed Bloodborne. I actually really enjoyed the uh, I just wish Bloodborne was in 60 frames cap. That That's probably my gripe with the game. I wish yeah, it was I've, on. So what I heard with that is, and I don't know how true this is, but the physics engine is tied to the FPS. So they, they, they're finding it difficult to like uh, kind of improve the frame rate because they, by improving the frame rate, they fuck the physics system up. If that makes yeah, sense, okay. yeah. So, which there are, there's definitely plenty of games that tie um, the, the FPS with physics systems and stuff like that. I don't know how true that it is. Um, I, I I can't remember where. I, I don't even have a source for this. I've, I've just heard it, but um, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure there are mods. You know, because people are able to mod the game, um, and I'm pretty sure people have ma- managed to get 60 FPS out of it. How well Ooh. that translates, I'm not too sure. But Gee, I'm, I am honestly surprised, given. The amount of outcry frequently on Twitter <laughs> that Dude, I cannot believe uh, they have not done anything that. with that IP. Yeah. 
It's just it, a, it uh, blows my damn mind. Is it a FromSoft thing or is it a PlayStation thing? <laughs> do you any idea? I do you know I think that Sony are smart enough to not try and do it themselves and I think from software are very backed up with um, their own shit going on and yep. though I have heard that Miyazaki basically said hey if they're happy to pay us we'll make it kind of thing um, but there's also just the literal business sense about you know how do you, how do you find time to make a project like that in amongst mm. Elden Ring, Sekiro, mm-hmm. Dark Souls 3 maybe they're doing it now who fucking maybe. knows who knows? Um, and, and just to make that clear, uh, I saw someone say it in chat, but it was Scholar of the First Sin for Dark Souls 2. Um, so well, that was, my, yeah, that's kind of like the DLC um, yeah. kind of, well, you know, the Mad Dog edition. The tier list, the top three, so sitting at number three was, uh, as in the third, uh, we'll go ahead and say, what have I got left? Sekiro. Oh, Dark Souls 1. Yeah, number two. Number two for me was Sekiro. Loved it. Sekiro yeah. is a cracker game. And it's just so funny how, like, <laughs> from software, like, guys, this is just our, uh, we're just going to release not- this game. Yeah. But yeah. We're, we're just going to, like, keep you guys waiting for Elden Ring. <laughs> but uh, by the way, just yeah. have this game and play. Have this in the meantime. <laughs> It's pretty rad, though, don't you think? Like, to be able to be able to pump out a game that is, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's a completely different world. Obviously, they leverage kind of Japanese mythology quite heavily, but like yeah. to be able to deviate so much and, you know, go from Dark Souls and quickly just pump this game out in the in the flanks kind of thing, it blows my mm. damn mind, you know? Absolutely. And one thing that I think that uh, Sekiro did really well that wasn't really in the other games was the vertical nature and what i mean by that is being able to scale up the walls and grapple yourself around and and i felt that that freedom in a souls game was kind of groundbreaking for me um i will go ahead and say this cat that i think that sekiro is a good and maybe people can say grizzly you're an idiot mate you're wrong but for me it was a one playthrough game um, simply because it didn't have the itemization customization that I was used to in the previous Souls games, um, mm-hmm. which led to things, me doing like challenge runs and bits and pieces. I just kind of felt like the skill system that they incorporated into Sekiro didn't really go towards that. And I feel like that that's proof in the pudding. If you go, I bet if you went to Twitch right now, and you looked at the Sekiro directory and you compared that to the Dark Souls 3 or the Dark Souls 1 directory, uh, you'd see more people watching those games over Sekiro. Yeah, I'd 100% agree with that. And I think even From Software knows that about its game because I don't know if you're aware, Grizz, but there's the mm. demon bell you can ring in Sekiro. Have you heard about that? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. I didn't have it on because I was already getting my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. So for those yeah. at home who aren't aware, um, the demon bell was something you could ring to make the game significantly harder i can't really remember exactly what it does um I, I, I probably just like increases enemy health probably the classic old you know the old increase the hp and hope for the best mm. got a difficulty slider but um 
I think um, that I think from software probably realized that maybe it wasn't going to get maybe maybe they needed to introduce something like that to get people to do the new game plus kind of thing um, yeah. and have that challenge because you're right I think obviously Dark Souls there's so many different ways you can play those games um, oh, and insane. you know I mean even look at the people who do no hit runs and stuff like that you know like mm. it's just you know just in, in like you know no death runs and and doing it with this particular weapon or you know no armor or i mean secure doesn't have that kind of flexibility because it's 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 kind of almost like they blended like a metroidvania kind of um you Mm. know um flavor in there which i think worked really well for them i mean it made the boss fights quite interesting because you know there were certain things you could do to kind of make the boss fights a bit easier which kind of has Mm. a bit of a legend of zelda feel to it in my opinion but um yeah i agree overall yeah 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 100 um, and my number one spot, Cap, no surprises. And I feel like that this is something that probably resonates with everyone. It was my first Souls game. <laughs> Dark Souls 3 has a special place in my heart. And I don't know yeah. what it is. I think it was actually, it's almost like nostalgia for me. Um, mm-hmm. It is the feeling of dipping my toes into the Dark Souls universe and playing through it. Um it's actually interesting because when I first went to play that game, I actually sent a message out to my community saying, thinking of playing Dark Souls, you think I should? And everyone was like, no, nah, you'll fucking hate it. Like, you're just not going to enjoy it. It's dying lots and I don't I don't think it's for you. But um, boy, were they wrong. Um, yeah, I just found it really good. I, yeah. Although I'm not a big lore head, um, I really liked the just the, the general design of everything from the layouts of the areas and you go through this crazy big area and you end up linking back to um, going through a door and linking back to a bonfire that you'd activated an hour before and going, oh, my God, this is where I am. I just thought it was all very well put together. So that's my tier list. Just to recap, Dark Souls 3 at the top, Sekiro, Bloodborne, Dark Souls 1, Demon Souls, Dark Souls 2. That is my tier list. In terms of my expectation for Elden Ring Cap, I think it's going to be fucking groundbreaking. And yeah. I think even people that aren't Dark Souls fans, and if you're sitting out there and you haven't played a FromSoft game, do yourself a favor and go and prep for Elden Ring and play yourself a FromSoft game before it comes out because I think it's going yeah. to have everything in it that everyone's looking for. I have extremely high expectations for Elden Ring and I'm extremely excited about it. That's probably all I want to say. Yeah, I um, I agree. I think in terms of my list, I think I'd probably go... See, the first game I ever played was Dark Souls 2. That was my first Dark Souls. Was it? And okay. I, I, I actually really like Dark Souls 2. I can see there are many flaws with it, um, especially mm. like layout and some of the bosses are a bit, little bit janky and... Um, I think, you know, even the law is a little bit funny here and there. It doesn't do an amazing job to really kind of um, do some bits and pieces. I think I, th- I think even just like some of the layouts are quite, you know, when you go and play a video game and you know that that elevator is a loading elevator and you kind of just, that's the whole <laughs> reason. For you. Like there's parts of that game where you're like, I'm walking down this corridor because it's loading the next fucking area. Um, yeah. So it kind of like 
the immersion kind of breaks here and there, but I think like there's parts of that game that I find so nostalgic because it was my first Dark Souls, and of all of them is the fucking Medulla theme song, dude. When you walk into <laughs> Medulla and the staff, it just it is yeah, the actually, best is really song. Good. It is so mm. good. Like if you haven't listened to the Medulla theme song, go and have a listen to it. It's very weird, bit creepy, um, but it's so fucking cool. But I I, I do think that's probably so. I, I need you to specify that these games aren't separated by much apart from my number one. Like my number one for me is just, I think it is so far ahead of all the rest of the games for so many reasons. And I'll get to that. But I think the rest of these games, I think are pretty close in terms of how much I I like them all. I know one, (laughs) Cap. I know it, Matt. (laughs) A lot of people probably do. But so Dark Souls 2, Mm. um, Demon Souls. Uh, Then I would say... Probably Dark Souls 3 for me, then Sekiro, then Dark Souls 1. And then Numero Uno for me is 100% without a doubt Bloodborne. And yeah. what carries Bloodborne for me is I just think the the law in that game is it is a it is a tragedy that that law is tied up in a video game and is not publicly accessible without playing that game because I think it is one of the best fucking things that anyone has fucking... It is Lord of the Rings, like, level shit. It is mm. so fucking good. Like, just the way things tie... Like, I think Bloodborne does a better job uh, than Dark Souls of giving you a better idea of what's going on in the game lore-wise, but it does have the depth and scope that Dark Souls has... Um, with you know, trying to figure shit out and how things tie in together, I think the the atmosphere, the setting is 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 incredible. I think the whole Victorian era kind of werewolf narrative that suddenly turns into this weird Lovecraftian fucking horror thing is just such an incredible mix of of genres. Um, for me, uh, like. Story is so fucking important in video games for me. And so when you can create something like uh, Bloodborne, um, yeah, I just, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Mm. That's absolutely my standout. Where will Elden Ring sit in there? I still don't think Elden Ring will beat Bloodborne for me. Um, Really? No, I don't think so. I don't think. But Cap, what about now they've got a a proper writer (laughs) to help write those stories? Look, I think it'll be amazing. I think it'll be amazing, but I don't know if the whole sort of pseudo because it looks like they're kind of going for like a pseudo Nordic because um, they've got like it looks like they've got the World Tree Yggdrasil in the background and like they got that pseudo Nordic kind of um, mm. uh, what do you call it Myth- mythos kind of thing going on, maybe kind of mixed in with kind of medieval shit as well. I think I just find the Bloodborne stuff just so much more interesting than that. Like, See, I it's, fucking it's incredible. love the Nordic stuff, mate. I am so I excited. I do too. Don't Holy get me wrong. Shit. I think if they can blend in some – because, I mean, Nordic mythology stories are fucking interesting. Like yep. the whole God of War stuff is super, super interesting. Mm. Um, but I think ultimately for me, like the Bloodborne – I mean, I'm a huge Lovecraft fan, um, like the short stories by the original writer. Um, so I find that whole genre of kind of like um, Lovecraftian horror and, um, you know, that um, feeling of despair when you're kind of like trying to rationalise these things that are just completely irrational that you're observing in the world. And mm. Bloodborne manages to turn that into a game system with the insight 
um, you know, system. I just think it's just it's just such a fucking well designed game, and I I cannot believe there is not another one. Maybe at the same token, I'm I'm glad there isn't another one because yeah. how do you top that? But God, they, there's so much they could do. Like there's so many, there's there's a couple of like places that um, you know are pointed to in the law of Bloodborne. Um, that suggests that the whole thing that's happening in Yarnum has happened in other places. Um, and then they, they were researching that whole thing in those Ooh, other places. That's so um, cool. Maybe almost like an alternate like a prequel kind of thing, you know, like yeah, a prequel okay. thing in, in, in one of the oh. earlier places where it happened, you know, um, hmm. one, one of the, one, the main place I'm thinking of is, um, uh, Lauren, I think it's I think it's Lauren from memory. Um, it's like a it's basically in the law. It, it, it says it's a place of sands where the you know the cur- the scur- scourge of the beast took grip as well. You know, so you know doing an, an like a like like no, a, maybe an, an Arabic flavored kind of ducks uh, dark souls bloodborne kind of thing. Like that could be mm. fucking really cool. You know, they've done Japan, they've done all the medieval shit, they've done Victorian Gothic horror. Let's go and do fucking like um, you know, like uh, no, Arabic stuff. That'd be fucking cool, you know. Hell and now yeah. we're also doing the we're doing Nordic stuff. Maybe that's what they do next. Yeah, how rad would that be? Pretty, Prince of Persia kind of shit. Either way, um, if you haven't played Dark Souls games yet, Kamikaze Cracker, go and play your game before <laughs> Elden Ring comes out, so that we can play it together. Where, where would you start, Chris? Ah. Uh, well, if I was a, uh, is the right word masochist, I would say start at Dark Souls 2 because it's the worst of the lot. But I think if someone wants to experience their favorite game that is going to be look the best and play the best, I would ha- I would have to say Dark Souls 3 is the best place to start. If you were going to yeah. play one, I would Do you think that's say- an accessibility thing? Yes, I do. Uh, I would not yeah. say Demon Souls because I reckon that game is fucking punishing, man. And oh yeah, it is I think slog. they learned a lot about a um, level design in that game. You know, going forward into Dark Souls, for example, like look at the way that the the um, you know the prison place you go to. I can't remember what that place is called. The tower, the ivory tower. Oh, no, the, it's the tower of something. Oh no, um, hate it's just like area. it's just like it's just like prison cells after prison cells after prison. Yeah. So you're like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. I and then they, fucking, they put this one bridge and there's just like this really strong guy in it that just kicks your ass every time and you can't yeah. get past him. It's like, come on, yeah. man. Yeah. Just... I think I personally would tell people to play Dark Souls 1 remastered. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's absolutely good. Because I think, two. and I would I would go as far to say, skip Dark Souls 2 and Demon's Souls, play 1 and 3, and then play the greatest game of all time, Bloodborne. <laughs> agreed mate agreed but Grizz I think oh, we're oh, kind of hitting our, our time though one just last thing if you could pick yeah. one Dark Souls game that you would suggest for, for viewers to play before Elden Ring which one Dark Souls game would it be would you say it's Dark Souls 1 would you is that what you're saying locking it yeah, in yeah I'd, I'd even say that above, above Bloodborne okay mm. yeah I think I think Dark Souls 1 is, is the purest like Dark Souls experience and it i don't know it just uh, it, it it does a good job at everything and i think it's just it's kind of like it's kind of like ocarina of time you know like breath of the wild was an is a fucking incredible game you know so is dark souls 3 but like yeah. legend of zelda ocarina of time or legend of zelda um 
uh, what was the one on SNES? I'm can't, my brain's just collapsed in on itself. Um, a, li- a link to the past. Is that yep. the one I'm thinking and of? Ocarina of Time, uh, Link to the Past. Uh, like really those, those, like probably a Link to the Past. Like I would say, Dark Souls is that equivalent. You know, it's like yeah, the, okay. the 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 fucking Dark Souls game that people go, oh, you know, that's that's Dark Souls. You know, and obviously Dark Souls Three is Dark Souls. You know, but I really do feel like that's it's it's such a good starting point. You know, and it and it holds up really fucking well. You know, like you go and play the remastered one, like, you know, that game's brutally punishing, but just incredible. And, and they do a good job of, you know, level design. And I mean, apart from Blighttown, I mean, Blighttown is a literal blight on, um, <laughs> you know, everything that's ever existed. But um, yeah. I think that's where yeah. I would ask people, what about you? Where do you is think? Is that the area that's, that's at, is Pinwheel at the bottom of Blighttown? Is that that area? No, uh, okay. uh, Quay, Quaylag is at the bottom of Blighttown. Oh, okay. um, and he got like... The, it's like all those rickety fucking um, wooden things on the side of that like that like <laughs> pillar under the huge bridge, and you're kind of like going through this dark area, and you've got the people with the little oh. loin cloths, and they got big clubs and shit. You know that one? Yeah. They got their big yeah. blood, the blood yeah. mosquitoes floating around. I'm pretty as sure well. that's where you pick up the falcon somewhere up the top of there. I'm pretty sure that area. Probably. I can't quite yeah. remember exactly what's in there. Pab is literally yeah. going, guys. You need to shut up. All right, you've gone well <laughs> overboard. You're in trouble. The I producer's know. giving us the clamps. Pack it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we might pack it in, Grizz. Um, yeah, Grizz, right, where mate. can people find us on the socials? Oh, Twitch. Oh, well, actually, the best way to do it, Pav, can you come on and tell the people where to find us, please, mate? Pav, where, where uh-huh. can people find us? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Guys, firstly, thanks for, thank you all for what, listening. It's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, appreciate you can it. find us. Uh, if you're here with us, uh, in Twitch chat, listening along, you can f- see our link tree right on there. Check us out on all of the platforms. If you're listening at a future date, uh, hello from the past, but you can also <laughs> just check down in the description. You'll see us all over the internet, YouTube, Twitter, um, Facebook. Uh, check us out. Chuck us a follow. We'd appreciate it. And that's uh, without further ado, you guys want to yeah. take us out? Yeah. yeah guys Good. thanks for Absolutely. listening um appreciate you uh you being here i think we, we've we've worked hard to try and um improve the quality of the podcast um from last time i think hopefully you guys notice uh audio improvement i mean i'm hopefully i'm not breathing as much as last so i went mm. back and listened to the other podcast i was like jesus christ who is fucking breathing <laughs> <laughs> it was me. <laughs> Feedback is always welcome, though, on any yeah. of the socials and anywhere you want to find us. Please let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, what you would like to see. We would really appreciate anything like that. Yeah. Um, and you if, you guys, if, you guys a, if you guys give us a one star on the podcast, Pav is going to slap you in the face. Absolutely. Basically. Yeah, he will. He will. He will find you. He will do a Liam Neeson on you. That's Trust right. me, I've seen it. I've seen it. He's scary. <laughs> um, but finally, yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us here uh, today. Um, please, again, uh, like, comment, subscribe, all the uh, all the good stuff, and we will see you uh, soon. I don't know when that'll be. Um, but yeah, we're going to try and pump out more of these episodes um, as ASAP. Appreciate you. Bye. See you, see you next time. Bye. <laughs>